0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Kantar's Sustainable Futures webinar. My name is Jonathan Hall, and I'm managing partner of Kantar's Sustainable Transformation Practice. Now, um, for those regular listeners, this will be a a new experience because this is a mini series that we've created based around the recent study that we co-developed with the World Federation of Advertisers called Sustainable Marketing 2030. So if you were listening uh, a couple of weeks ago, you will have heard the introductory podcast where we framed um, this mini-series, and this is the first of the series which focuses on the five levers of the circular marketing framework. And so with that, let's begin the podcast.
1: Welcome to Sustainable Futures, the sustainability podcast from Kantar the world's leading marketing, data, and analytics business. In each episode, we speak to senior experts from a wide range of disciplines to bring understanding to complex topic areas and to shine a light on pressing social and environmental issues facing businesses. These podcasts are designed to enable marketers to create sustainable futures for brands.
0: So hi everyone and welcome to the latest edition of uh, Sustainable Futures and I'm delighted to have with me today Alex and Gaia from A-World. Gaia, um, shall I start with you? Would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Sure thing. Thank you very much, Jonathan. And hello, everyone. I am Gaia Zilli, and I am the UK Country Manager at A-World. I thought of taking a couple of minutes, maybe less, to just explain what led me here. So first and foremost, I kicked off my career in climate change diplomacy. However, I swiftly transitioned into the private sector, dedicating the last decade uh, to innovation, clean technology, and sustainability, particularly progressing uh, the conversation around smart and sustainable cities. Yet, having worked on impactful projects across Europe, the United States, and few other countries around the world, it seemed to me that at the heart of what I wanted to focus on, there was the crucial role that individuals play in catalyzing change. And this is why we're here. And now I've joined A World. So lovely to be here.
0: Brilliant. Thanks so much for being here, Guy. Alex, can we, can we turn to you and and maybe as well as introducing yourself, you could just give us a a bit more of the context around A-World.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, my past is less exciting than Gaia's. I actually come from the fashion industry. Uh, young entrepreneur, uh, born in Guildford, raised in Italy, um, families in the fashion business, always fell in love with digital technology and marketplaces. So we're very good at selling stuff online, ended up in New York working for some big corporations, work with Tommy Hilfiger a lot. And then the last journey before, in the last journey in the fashion industry was for a fast fashion company based in Asia that was trying to sell products into the States, decided to leave this world behind and and, and search for purpose. And this is why we built something uh, that became A World. A World exists today to create culture of sustainability, to remind ourselves that we live in the A World. There's no planet B. We need to protect this world with... All our efforts, everything that we can do, um, because it's not really just about saving the planet, it's about uh, creating a better future for ourselves. The planet will continue to exist for millions of years. Um, and we think that each of us plays a responsibility, has a role uh, in this, and this is where uh, we, we come in and uh, what we're trying to do. Thanks, Alex.
0: So um, let's just Pick up on that um you've both talked about your your backgrounds um could you just explain to to the listeners who who aren't familiar with our world um what it is what you do where you started and 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 the journey you you've been on
3: absolutely so imagine a a young entrepreneur flying to asia curious person uh when uh working for this fast fashion company one day I say Show me the factories. Show me where they make these products. Uh, and these are T-shirts and leggings, like one or two dollar products. Fly into a small region in the middle of China, go to see one of these factories. The situation was a disaster from an environmental point of view and a social point of view. Um, get to ask a few questions. How long, how long do these people work? How much are they getting paid? Where do the products come from? Where are we going to sell them? Uh, in the meantime, we were these, this company was shipping millions of products into into Los Angeles with containers. And sometimes if you have something that is not right, you just dump it and burn it. I'm like, okay, so we're on the other side of the world. We are, we are manufacturing products. There's a cost for this, an environmental and social cost. And um, I went to, I, I was asking a lady, well, um, and this is something that people in this industry know. You're always looking into understanding what is your competitor doing? What are the color in season? What are the styles in season? And I'll ask this lady, say, hey, will you let me know? Come on, you can tell me what is the next color in season. And this lady says, exactly what I was expecting. If you want to know the next color in season, go and look at the color of the river. This means that all of the color and so the chemicals were just being dumped. That was the moment I was wearing a, a $5 t-shirt purchased in Italy, made by someone on the other side of the world, Uh, it stuck with me. I realized there's a bigger cost there is. There's there's an environmental cost. There's a people price. And I decided, okay, how can we actually help people realize? What I realize is that every action that we take has has an impact, good or bad. Uh, We buy products, we buy services. But if you think about it, there's nothing that is really telling you, okay, I'm going to ride my bike to work. I know it's better, but how much better? I know I can have a vegetarian meal, but how much better is that? So the goal was to build a digital platform that could follow you on a day-to-day, to to, to be like your co-pilot, something that is in your pocket and it will tell you, okay, do this today, try that today, because if you do it, other millions of people are doing it too, and we can have a big impact together. So imagine a digital platform, which is also an app, which sits in your pocket and just gives you some nudges and some recommendation. It has has gamification, so it wants to leverage positive competition. We know that that could help. We know that we're um, not, I don't want to say lazy, but we're all busy. Um, So the goal here is to activate people, show them the importance of um, individual action, turn knowledge into action, which is, very difficult. And then the biggest challenge here is the intention behavior gap. Uh, I know what to do. I don't do it. Why i am a habitual creature changing my behavior is extremely difficult. And um, uh, it needs time and needs a cognitive effort. So that's why we try to try to pack all of this into one experience. Uh, which is able today.
0: Thanks so much, Alex. I think that's great. You know, some just picking up on some of the language there. So a digital platform that's also an app. Your copilot it sits in your pocket and to, turns knowledge into action. And I think this point that we at Kantar talk about a lot—the the value action gap—or you you termed it intention behavior. I think that's the UN talked about how unlocking the value action gap was the was critical, the holy grail. They described it. Um, to uh, unlocking sustainable consumption, so this is an amazing um, tool in that particular battle. Um, could you just give the listeners a sense who haven't seen it? You know how it looks and 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 how it actually works. Is is yeah. there a way you could do that for us?
3: Absolutely. Um, three pillars um, that we call impact engagement, which is a combination of understanding your carbon footprint. So the measurement part, um, we'll, you will ask you a few questions, we'll give you an understanding of a carbon footprint. By the way, no one knows the carbon footprint, so there's a big gap there. So um, understanding our yearly footprint and then showing you the savings that you can have of CO2, water, energy, if you take some, some actions. Uh, we have the education part uh, where we try to build inspirational storytelling content, Content that you can relate to. I mean, if we talk about the SDGs, we don't want you to memorize the, the all the goals together. You don't have to. You need to know the topics. You need to know how to you how you relate to those. So very, very deep analysis in and storytelling uh, search and how to make this enjoyable and fun with positive reinforcement. We're not doom and gloom. Uh, we don't want to picture this topic scenarios. The message is we can do it all together. And then after we tell you why it is important, then we prompt you actions. There's uh, 150 actions in the app, uh, actions that you can do at work or at home, uh, actions that tap into mobility, energy, food, small uh, little things that are measured by the UN. So we actually tell you, if you take this action, you'll be saving X amount of CO2, water and energy. All of this is uh, an alchemy that we have inside uh, this platform. Uh, which aims to show you your carbon footprint, elevate your consciousness and, and create culture, but then tell you exactly what you need to do. We have, we're have we rolling out AI. So this will be your copilot. We'll know who you are and will tell you effective information and actions that you could do. Uh, we're rolling out a mobility tracking system. So if you want to, you can switch this on. The app will tell you in real time, are you on a bike? Are you on a car? And what your missions are. Real time. So you don't, we're, not, um, we're going towards an experience where it asks you less and less, but gives you more and more, something more precise. And, uh, and this has been used by individuals. I mean, we have a, an amazing partnership with the UN. Uh, the UN uses us for the Act Now campaign, the campaign for individual action on climate change and sustainability. So it runs entirely on A World. Uh, we've just made, announced a partnership with the EU Climate Pact. So also, the European Union will be using us. And then this is be used by organizations to work, to engage employees, to engage consumers. We have university with students. And we have cities with the citizens too. Um, we need something digital, quick, smart, that stays on, lives on your phone, intercepts your attention because we're always on our phone, gives you something which takes one or two minutes, not more. I mean, it's, uh, we know we're all busy, but gives you something effective that you can do. So this is what you can expect from us. As a digital community, you'll see hundreds of thousands of other people taking action. You'll see you can join challenges. There's green rewards. Uh, There is uh, rewards for yourself and rewards for the planet. Uh, Passing along a a message which is vital is small actions together have a huge impact. This is what we're trying to do within a, a digital platform. And it works. And it works. We're excited because we have millions of people using it, Uh, huge corporations adopting this as their activity um, needed. Uh, Climate advocacy is something that companies are looking to do. Uh, Not so easy sometimes. We know that changing behavior with just an app, we're not crazy. It's, it's, uh, It's just the starting point. But if it worked for me, uh, if I change my behaviour, and I'm all about this, it could work for others.
0: Thanks, Alex. So, behaviour change, obviously, the the key goal here. And you you talked about how A World is very much about positive reinforcement. Um, so it's not doom and gloom. Why is optimism and why is enthusiasm so important?
2: If I might jump on this one, um. It is very important to differentiate ourselves on the market, especially because scientists and experts across the world have told us about the urgency that climate change was posing upon society for the last four decades and more. And yet. In the general term, in general terms, we did not listen. Why? Because as humans, we might feel overwhelmed and we just keep on pushing the responsibility outside of us. We wait for governments to create the right legislative framework. We wait for the private sector to lead with action. And then we expect NGOs and the media to create the correct narrative for us to follow. With A Word, we have created a tool where we go beyond all of that conversation. And instead of making you feel guilty about the choices that realistically make you happy, we empower you and then we reward you every time you make a positive choice. This is because we run under the assumption, which is much more than an assumption in my opinion, but uh, that beyond the fact that we are citizens, that we are employees, that we are consumers, We are all humans. So it is important to get us out of this situation to lead with optimism. Because honestly, the biggest changes across history did not happen through negative thoughts and uh, impositions. They happened because we were inspired by individuals that had a bigger vision. And the conversation between individual action and system change is not a dichotomy is actually a process that goes hands in hands. We cannot expect a global system change, for example, in economic processes that move us from a linear economic infrastructure towards circular economy, if we as the actors are not actually acting towards that common goal.
0: Thanks so much, Gary. It really chimes with all of the work that we do around behavioral science and and using neuroscience Which confirms that you know. I think um, if you make people feel bad and feel depressed about all of these issues, you know, daunting and terrible as they are, then you're not going to achieve the behaviour change that you're that you're looking for, and, and therefore we'll miss those outcomes. So we need to use different levers. So I think that positive reinforcement that sense of optimism that sense of you know there are solutions that we can we can
3: use are critical aren't they also community and, and mirroring i mean we look at other people and we just act like other people i mean um we are so let's see this as a journey uh let's see as okay the it, it culture today doesn't really promote sustainable living but we're getting there i mean we, we got we got people to drink from our uh, reusable bottle bottle uh A usable water bottle all around the world. So, going to a university and walking with a plastic bottle, you'll be the weirdo for sure, 100%. So, I think that's, uh, um, I think it's like the early adopter curve. It's like we're almost there. We're at those 15, 20% of people that are doing it, not enough. If we still push, we'll get to that 25, 30% where this would just become. Something normal, like buying product in season, buying, lo- buying local food, A EV. Uh, uh, I think that it's we're almost there. We still need to push because it will become a standard. And we are just at the at the beginning of this transition, at, at the 10, 20%. Uh, maybe in 10 years' time. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that in 10 years' time, many of the, the habits that we're doing today and the behaviors will just be like obsolete. And we'll have other challenges there at that point. But I think that we are almost at a tipping point where it, be- it will become a standard, and will be uh, these behaviors will be adopted by at least the Western, with the Western world.
2: As we sit within Europe, we often look at the Western world as the leading part of the world, but actually every time we look outside of Europe and North America, we see a lot of changes taking place as the norm at a much faster rate than we have seen across those two continents. Um, at the end of the day, I wanted to pick up on a point that you just raised, which was the power of community. And at the end of the day, it is really the core of a world. Yes, you want to lead by example, but you also want to inspire others. If you go into a room of any canteen or office um, cafeteria and from this day onwards, you're going to say, from, from today, everyone is going to follow a vegan diet. Surely, you're going to have a lot of people who will not agree. However, if you mention to people the impact of their choices and you make it very visually appealing and you put them within a community that says, you know what? You can eat everything you want as long as you are conscious of the impact of your choices. So, for example, if today we are close to lunchtime, you choose a vegan meal and not an animal product meal, you can save five kilos of CO2 and... 100 liters of water just by making that choice. And you can also gain a point and that makes you a little bit higher up in the leaderboard compared to Lucy who's part of the marketing team. And I know this might sound a little bit funky, but at the end of the day, we are humans and we are creatures of habits and we kind of always want to be a little bit better uh, than the people around us. Not in a negative connotation, but just to feel like you have that power to drive a positive force within your company, within your family, and overall across the communities that we are all part of.
0: Yeah, and what you've both been describing in terms of the disruptive change um, is critical for the businesses that will be listening to this podcast, right? They need to recognize that um, these technological solutions that will be disrupting their industries are coming fast because of the behavior change that will be affected amongst consumers, and they need to get ahead of the curve, right? In order to be able to stay uh, innovative and stay economically healthy. So there's an enlightened self-interest there as well.
2: And staying alive. (laughs) That's the other part of the phenomenon. There is that, of
0: course. Yeah, staying alive is always uh, always helpful. Um, So I wanted to pivot now to um, Sustainable Marketing 2030, which... Was a a study that we recently completed with the World Federation of Advertisers. Um, so that was uh, that comprised vision interviews with CMOs and chief sustainability officers and academics and activist organisations. And then we did a, a quantitative survey across the world. Now coming out of that was a model for what marketing um, could look like in this new world that you've been describing—one where you know it's going to be. Um, highly disrupted by the by the changes that we're that we're facing, and five levers of change within what we call the circular marketing framework. Now, one of those I really want to dive into with you guys because it was what we called sustainability first. Is really drawing on um, an analogy with digital and the digital revolution when we were told ten or fifteen years ago to think digital first. Um, so the, um, the challenge here that we're, uh, we're setting, having heard from marketers across the world, is how do organizations think sustainability first? How do we change those corporate cultures? How do we change in a way that the corporate value action gap rather than just the, the consumer uh, value action gap? So yeah, just putting this back to, to, to you guys now. What role do you see a world playing in, in this lever, this sustainability first?
2: For as much as the idea behind the sustainability first is groundbreaking, is yet actually just very intuitive. And what the example that you have mentioned about digital first has led us to is the idea that what companies need to do is to undergo a mindset shift it's no longer necessary to have sustainability as one department that sits on the side of many other departments but actually sustainability should trickle down across all of the companies and all of the organizations and it should be the lens through which we analyze all of the business operations and capabilities from a human perspective and obviously from an operational and product perspective it is really about embedding sustainability in the very dna of business processes decision making and strategy i like the question that you've asked so how how does aword really fits into this paradigm well we are uh, we have a global reach and influence. As it was mentioned a little bit earlier on, we are the only private sector company selected by the United Nations to help them deliver both the Act Now campaign and the sustainable development goals. And it is worth noting that even though we are slightly young, just uh, over three years old, we have aggregated over 15 million positive actions around the world. And this really goes to show that what we are providing is a digital tool for companies and their strategy team teams to discuss and talk and engage with their employees and then to respond to to respond to the requirements that the employees and consumers and customers are obviously requesting from the business because there is nothing worse than creating your own company strategy, then putting it out there and realizing that no one really follows through beyond the top leadership team. So with A word, we serve as a hub for collaboration. We bring together different stakeholders. We create this community where knowledge, best practice, and resources are shared. And we obviously are on a mission to accelerate the transition that will move us from business as usual to sustainability for everybody.
3: I, I would also add uh, what we've learned uh, with organizations is if you want to become a perf- purposeful um, a brand for purpose, uh, you need to go within a transformation. Yes, it m- might seem easy, but um, if you want to go from a extractive model to a regenerative model, I would really bank on the few ambassadors that you have in the organization. Uh, we've learned that um, if culture comes top down, it works in in a in a certain way. But if you go and dig in, you'll have a 10% of your people which are really all about this. And those are the people that you have to build upon. Uh, to give you an example, we launched these challenges. Um, it's, it's all gamified. So you can have your marketing team against your sales team. You can have your British team against your French team. It works much better if you have John's team against Gaia's team, because those are the ambassadors that go and spread and contaminate everyone else and make sure that this becomes um, uh, a day-to-day activity in the organization. So I would really leverage those. I would look for those people, build a um, strategy with them, uh, because otherwise you'll be you'll be missing out, and um, those are the champions, the sustainability champions that, uh, that we all have, and that, those are the people I would bank on uh, to bring purpose into the organization.
0: Thanks so much both for for that. Now, coming back to um, the journey that you you've been on, even as a young organization, it would be great just to hear um, you talk about the key learnings and challenges that you that you've faced for for other organizations who are at similar stages?
2: It's not been easy, even though I'm an optimist at heart. I'm going (laughs) going to be honest. It's not an easy journey, but to build upon what Alex just mentioned, you need to find your champions. You need to find your low-hanging fruits that go hand-in-hand with an overall mindset shift. Of course, we are... are, uh, Humans at the end of the day, and we often gravitate towards habits, so if something has stuck with us, if you 've always done the same thing, you tend to redo the same actions when someone has pointed at you that those actions can be done in a different way, then just do better It, it was it is the amazing Dr. Jane Goodall that said, "Do your best, and once you know better, then do better That is the core. Paradigm that we want to use and we use to help corporations across the world to shift mindset and to also include their all of their stakeholders in their decision making um, at the end of the day we learn a lot also from athletes around the world and it links up really well with that question about optimism. If you ask uh, an athlete that is training for the Olympics the first thing that they often comment on is the fact that they visualize their goal and they visualize themselves winning that particular competition. Sustainability, climate change, mindset shift is exactly the same. We have to be in a position of imagining that we can do it. We often use uh, uh, three powerful sentences when we talk about our company that have really that really resonate uh, uh, with me personally and professionally, which is knowledge is our language, action is our currency, and together is how we win. And they seem very marketing when I said it to you right now in the, in this format. But when you really analyze the power of those words, you really think, wow, I am in the driving seat. It is up to me. And I can contribute towards Um, The changing mindset of my company, but again, you asked me some of the challenges, not just some of the the positives often we are faced with a communication gap where the leadership team that we speak with is convinced, the sustainability department is on board, and then something just doesn't work with regards to the communication across the company and the various employees. So that part for us is definitely the most important element of how a word can be fruitful for organizations and it is spreading across spreading the communication and the excitement across all level of your organizations not just the top level or someone in between it has to cover everyone and that's how we actually see change taking place
3: and i'll add just something on that what Guy just mentioned is the moment that you reach people then you need to work on motivation since we are still at that 15 20% of the tipping point of people really wanting to do this, uh, what we've found really works, unfortunately, is rewards. Uh, the challenges with the rewards, with the individual rewards, works extremely well. If you're banking on the fact that people will just download another app and educate themselves, it's, it's still not a reality yet. So uh, gamification works, but rewer- uh, rewards... Um, unfortunately, work too. We want we wanted everyone to just download, go and and learn, um, but the truth is, we're all busy. We don't have time.
0: Again, it's great behavioral uh, science insight there, rewarding people. So, I'd just like to wrap up now, guys, with um, with a question around uh, this. The name of this podcast, so we call it Sustainable Futures, and it'd be great to just hear from you. You know, where next for a world, and and how do you see your role in helping create a sustainable future?
3: I see ourselves becoming, I mentioned this earlier, more and more of a co-pilot. So if we want to be effective, we need to be more of a personalized journey. Unfortunately, we need to know more about you, ask you a few more questions, your diet, how you move around. Um, but if we want to really drive change, it needs to be something that resonates with your lifestyle. You might have a car, I might not have a car, I cannot tell you to not drive if you if you don't have a car. So. Um, an experience which is more integrated. Uh, we, as Gaia mentioned, a, there is a communication gap. If we are working with an organization, we re- we need to reach your Microsoft Teams. We need to be in your intranet. We need to be in your face day to day. We want everyone to become that sustainability manager in every role. So, and that needs uh, a shift in in culture, in knowledge, and. Um, I'm, going to be, I'm going to say something extremely cliche that Einstein said, but he said, no problem can be solved by the same level of consciousness that created it. So for that reason, we need to be um, persistent, brave, changing means being extremely brave and positive because as a common friend said, imagine winning, imagine creating that perfect world that we're all imagining. So um, our, our goal is really to be uh, a companion for every individual. If you are an employee, if you're a consumer, if you're a student, and guide you towards what living sustainability really means, is understanding your footprint, understanding why this is important and which action that you should take in order to then live more sustainably and reduce your carbon footprint.
2: Absolutely. So that we can ensure that through our platform we can really redefine what sustainability looks like, and we can and we can ensure that every, state, every step that we take is a stride towards a more harmonious future. And at the end of the day, this is what every every single person that is working in this environment is trying to do: It's for human well being and uh, coexistence, and obviously in a thriving planet, because otherwise. <laughs> There is not much sustainable future moving forward.
0: Brilliant. Well, look, thank you so much both for, for your time today. Um it's uh it's such an inspiring conversation and you know amazing what you have achieved and, and continue to achieve. And I think that that tone that you adopt of of optimism and can do is you know just a great source of inspiration and for those listeners who haven't um you know i'd really encourage you to download a world and um see the behavior change that it has on you it certainly has on me um, and hopefully you can share that and we can um uh, help a world's penetration of Um, various organizations so that we can have that change more broadly within society. So thank you both.
2: Thank you very much.
1: You have been listening to Sustainable Futures, Cantor's sustainability podcast. I hope our episode gave you new insights on the intersection between brands, people and social and environmental sustainability. Join us next time And continue to learn how marketing can create a fairer, greener future. And don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast platform for new content coming
2: soon.